Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. And Dave, you're jealous, aren't you? Very. I don't, I don't get jealous very often. Today was the day, Dave. The day that I got to watch practice for the first time in 2020. And it was... Well, not the first time in 2020 because I got to watch spring football, three practices. Post-COVID. Post-COVID. First time we were allowed to practice, and it was awesome. <laughs> I, uh, it's one of those things you take for granted, right? We get to go to practice. Like we're, we're one of the lucky schools that get to go to practice all the time. Um, and then you have it taken away and trying to follow camp via phone calls and text messages and not really, um, you know, getting my eyes on thing. I think that's, that's one thing that our, our members place a high value on is I, I don't, uh, I don't BS them. I give them the, the honest truth of what I see and what, what's going on. And, uh, not having that has been difficult, but today it returned, and maybe even Friday. I might even get to go back oh, twice might, this week. They might even let you go back. They might even let me go back. It's delightful. Should we, should, we, should we start with a two deep? Why the hell not? I mean, everybody loves a good two deep, right? Sure. Where, where you wanna start? Where you want to start? Um, start – Offense. Offense. Uh, offensive line. James Hudson, Jeremy Cooper, Jakari Robinson, Vinny McConnell, and Darius Harper are your offensive line. No surprises, uh, in my opinion. No, that's, that's going to be it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I know the John Williams experiment at right guard um, – was good it went well but we'll get into to why he's at where he's at uh shortly uh desmond ritter quarterback jared dokes and charles mcclellan uh kind of that one-two punch at running back alec pierce and uh michael young on the outside jay sean jackson in the slot and uh bruno labelle uh will be listed as your starting tight end we will see him a lot we will also see Leonard Taylor a lot. And then we will uh, starting to increasingly look like we're going to see a lot of Josh Wiley. I thought if I had to pick the guy that I thought looked best at practice today, it was Josh Wiley. Yeah, I think like a tight end position, even a wide receiver position, it's kind of dependent on what the first play of the game is. Yeah. Or what the first se- well, series? Well, I think wide receivers. I think wide receiver. Right. Those are the three that we're going to see. Right, and but especially like with this tight end group, because you do have kind of a few different yeah. types. Yeah. You know, what are the first sequence of plays type of thing? I mean, I could very easily see Bruno being out there for the first play, but then if they spread it out, Lenny and Josh are out there for the rest of the drive or something. So, you, you want to do first team defense or second team offense? Um. First team defense, I, I will say there was really no surprises on offense. First team, to me, was there any to you? 
No, I, I think that's pretty much um, kind of where I expected to be from what I had heard uh, after the, the second scrimmage at camp. There was a little bit of a surprise on defense, but um, I'm, I'm only going to classify it as a little bit of a surprise. All right, hit, hit me with first-team defense. Maje Sanders. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Um, Marcus Brown. And Elijah Ponder. Okay, no surprises there. You're not surprised by Brown at nose tackle? No, because I thought we'd talked that he was, like, having a really good camp. Yeah, he, he was. Uh, I think Brooks might have been dinged up. He was there, but he wasn't. I didn't see him on the field a lot. Um, so, so Curtis Brooks is who I thought would be there. But uh, Marcus Brown, I think, is probably the more traditional nose tackle. Nose tackle. If, if, a, if you're going three-man front, yes. Yeah. Um, linebacker, what you would expect. DeBlanco in the middle. Beavers on the outside, uh, on the weak side. And then Jarrell White as the sniper. Um, and then Sauce, Kobe. What? Yeah, Sauce is going to start this year, I think. The first team All-American is going to start a corner? Yeah. How about that first team All-American? Oh, I've never seen anything like that, That, that the rise I mean, of Sauce. Just just think, I mean, when I say that, I laugh thinking back to higher ground last year when he was like – Call me sauce, like right off the bat. Yeah. Like, no, he no, did that dude. the day like, he arrived on campus in like, June. Do something, then we might call you by this nickname that you've given yourself. Well, he didn't give it to himself. It was a childhood nickname. <laughs> I know, but they not, don't know that. Not, Bert. I know. Let's, <laughs> they're let's probably not all go, thinking, yeah. they're all thinking, who is this kid? They give himself this nickname and, and he hasn't done anything yet. And now we're. I will, I will call him about, Mr. Mr. Sauce, if you would I'll like. I'll call him whatever the hell he wants me to call him. <laughs> play like he did last year. Sauce, Kobe, and uh, it, it's interesting. I, I, I'm I seeing a lot of uh, Taj Ward splitting time with Arquan Bush in the slot. Yeah. With the first, first unit. <clears throat> Not a total surprise. I think we've talked about Taj in the past. <clears throat> uh, they just love that he's steady, mm-hmm. rock solid. <clears throat> Safety, Wiggins and Forrest. That's so. Not really. I mean, it's kind of what we when you bring back nine starters on defense and you bring back a lot of your starters on offense. It's not kind of what we expected. Yeah, and I mean, I guess Jarrell technically wasn't listed as a starter last year, but he was on the field a lot. He he played. You know, 500,000 so snaps. So yeah, Basically, they brought back 10 of 11 starters, with B. Wright being really the only guy that they had to replace, and DeBlanco has been his backup for two years. So, yeah. Uh, second team offense. Left tackle, Lorenz Metz. Uh, left guard, Colin Woodside. Center, Jake Renfro who has moved up to the second team. Not overly surprised there. No. Dylan O'Quinn at right guard and John Williams at right tackle. Yeah. Ben I mean, Bryant, Ben Bryant at quarterback. Um, McClellan, Ford, Montgomery. Montgomery, right. Take your Choose, pick. Yeah, dealer's choice. 
uh, out wide, Wyatt Fisher, Jordan Jones in the slot, Trey Tucker, and then Wiley or however you want to. You want to hear something funny about? There's no disrespect to Wyatt Fisher at all because he's obviously can play. But when I had to write the Athlon preview article, we had no idea, like, who the wide receivers were going to be. So you listed Fisher as a starter outside? Uh, maybe – I think maybe on the on the two deep. Maybe even a starter. But, yes, because it was like, well, these guys have been hurt, so I can't really count them. These guys yeah. are gone. I can't really count any of the freshmen. So it was literally like five or six guys I had to choose from to fill out a two deep. And then second team defense, Ethan Tucky, uh, Elijah Ponder – or not Ponder, but Jabari Taylor and Malik Van along the line. The sniper spot was split between Van Fossen and uh, a first-team freshman All-American on 247sports.com, Deshaun Pace. And then Huber in the middle, uh, Brody Engel at the weak side, uh, safety, Cook, and Hicks. And then Shepard and Harris at the two corner spots. And Taj Ward and, and uh, Arquan Bush kind of going back and forth on who was with the ones and who was with the twos in the slot. Okay. Where's Pitts? He has – today was his first day back. Oh, okay. So he he was very limited today. From um, I, I don't something? Know. He's been out. Yeah, he's been out. I mean, he was out there in full uniform. Okay. Um, he was doing some work on the side. Uh, I was told today was his first day back. Okay. So he was in one of the you know he was in one of the videos earlier in camp from higher ground. So yeah, he was know. missing. He, okay. he was at, he was at practice today. Uh, right. So obviously he's been dealing with something. Some I, I would think if it was COVID related, he would have been thrown right back into the mix. It looked like they were uh, slowly working him back. That's just going to be like the the theme of the year. Like uh, where was Sonzo? He's dealing with something. We don't know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> basically. But think about that. Like six guys we named. It sounds like Brooks was limited today. It sounds like Pitts was limited today. Uh, and you don't really notice, like, that either of them aren't the ones that, like, aren't guys we talked about. You know what I mean? And and right. that doesn't get into um, Eric Phillips has been starting to get some reps with the twos. I saw him out there several times today rotating in. Um, they had some some stuff at the end of practice with the young kids. And Justin Watley's going to be a beast. Yeah. Just <laughs> he had two or three and you know it's it's going against the the baby bulls the the you know the young guys on, up front. Yeah, but, but his they're young his, guys too. I mean, yeah. he's so I don't know how anybody in high school blocked that kid. They didn't, really. Yeah. I mean, he's just so like his footwork, his feet are so good and he's quick and he's got size and he's got a great motor. Like, my eyes were fixated, and it's also because he wears 34. <laughs> what defensive lineman wears 34? Uh, there was a guy who was, like, a five-star that went to Texas A&M a few years ago, like Delvin Mack or something. I think he actually was a D-tackle and wore 34. But, yeah, um, I mean, no D-lineman wears uh, 
number in the 30s. But An- Another freshman that kind of caught my eye uh, with the younger group, Dominique Perry. And he was yeah. kind of an unheralded member of that, that class was, of defensive linemen. He was linemen. that, like, last D lineman that they had been trying to find the whole – Yeah. What, what is now, I guess, considered the late signing period. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, well, I mean, I remember getting his name and watching some tape and being like, why is no one recruiting this kid? Like, he's got good size. His tape was pretty good. I mean, maybe a developmental guy, but most D linemen are. Right. And he's listed – and he looked every bit of it 6'2", 275. And he – I mean, he looked the part and was a guy watching him and Watley next to each other with that third unit was, was pretty fun. Um, so, so that's my, that's my two deep from today. How about we're at the point where like a guy like Watley who he would have had to have played, like he would have had to have played. That's what I was, that's what I was getting at. Like we're to the point now where a guy that was rated like an 85 or 86 and had P five offers has no shot of seeing the field. I, there would be a lot that would have to happen to get Justin Watley on. That's what I'm right saying. Now. I mean, and being realistically, yeah. like he's not going to play unless. And that is, that is not saying a word about Justin Watley. No, that's what I'm saying. Like we're to the point now where the roster and recruiting is going so well that, you know, guys that fans would have been excited about coming in five years ago, six years ago, like this dude's going to have to play. Now it's like, he, there's no way he's going to play unless nine guys get hurt or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very talented room. It is a very, very talented room. So there, there's the two deep. Um, <laughs> the, the, the young guys were, uh, were out the, the, they let the veterans kind of go from practice and the young guys were doing some 11 on 11 and, uh, and Cam Jones, caught one down the field oh someone tra- actually tried to tackle him not really no it was like they like fell down with him um <laughs> and i'm standing about 10 feet away from the safeties and i interviewed Derek forrest today so we had just got done talking and i was like d you're gonna you're gonna try to hit him when he catches one and immediately Derek was like brian will do it cook brian will do it he's like i'm, yeah. I'm thinking about that he's like brian practice Brian's crazy. He'll hit anybody, but uh, and, and Cook was like, "I'll, I'll take him high. I'll take him <laughs> high." I trying trying to mess with the middle of him. Uh, yeah, I uh, just fall down and hope he tripped over me. So um, I guess I'll do my practice takes here. Sure, bring him. How, how uh, much of it was army based? The back half of practice was between Austin P and Army. Like the second half of practice was definitely uh, looking ahead to the future. Yeah. I would say, which obviously, right? Um, they they took the defense down to the far field, the the small field, and we're not allowed to go down there because we have to sit in the stands. Yeah. So whatever they were doing for Army prep, we were not privy uh, to that information. Um. Des was really good today. Good. That that is my number one takeaway. I thought Des was really really good today. He threw the ball well down the field. He threw the ball well over the middle. 
He spread it around. I thought he was good, not only in one-on-ones, but in seven-on-seven and in team. Um, I I thought it was one of the better practices I've seen from Dez in what is now going into his third year as a starter. So that, I think, is a very good place to start because if you listened to the last podcast, I expressed questions. And, you know, being that I wasn't at higher ground, um, we were told that he looked really good. I just had some, some questions about the way some of that was worded. But I thought today Dez was fantastic. Reaction? Good? <laughs> uh, that's good. Better than hearing he wasn't any good. And then my next comment is you just hope that if you're able to go Friday that it's like a stacking, it's a stacking effect. Yeah. Um, well, I, I would say he's starting now that they're kind of settling on who's going to be out there with that first unit. Right. Uh, hopefully you're starting to see him settle in, knowing who he's going to be throwing to, um, knowing who's going to be, because it looks like that line is starting to uh, settle itself. Um, hopefully it is just everyone starting to get comfortable and uh, getting ready to hopefully take this offense to a, a level that it could not accomplish last year. But I thought Des looked really good. Um, the wide receiver room, you, one, you won't recognize because none of them were here last year. Um, two, it just looks like a different class of, of player. I mean, that's not to take anything away from Trent Cloud and Javen Hawes and uh, Bray Ginyard. And, and that group that is no longer here? Actually, yeah, yeah, it is. They weren't that good. Like, okay, yeah. It's not a personal thing. Like, we watched them play for a year, two years. They didn't get open. It's not all on them. It never is. But, like, they weren't that good. I don't know how good this, this freshman class of receivers is going to be. But they looked the part. Tyler Scott, Jaden Thompson, uh, Dalron Donaldson. I guess he's not really a freshman because he's a junior college guy. New guy. Um, new guy. Um, and then you add in Michael Young. You add in uh, Jordan, Jordan Jones. Jones. Jordan Jones, I thought, had a really good day as well. He made two or three really nice plays down the field. Um, so I thought overall, like, it, you just could tell that room needed an overhaul and it got the overhaul that it needed. They just look more athletic. They look longer. They look like they have better hands. I did the Norman Love was who had missed uh, for most of higher ground, I believe with a, a leg injury. He was back out there today. Um, he does not look like a standard wide receiver. He looks more like uh, a linebacker. He's got, he's got the thighs, right? You can yeah. tell. Usually receivers, they're, they, they've got the chicken legs. Norman Love had kind of like running back thighs. Um, but I just – it's it almost reminds you of that group that all basically came together. And, I, you know, they were all brought in at different times between Moore and um, Mikhail McKay. Johnny Holton, 
and Max Morrison and Shaq Washington and Chisholm. Alex Chisholm. Like you just, but it, this feels like all of a sudden you've got a group of four, five, six guys that you're going to be able to uh, to grow this program with long term. Well, they either push the guys out that aren't good enough, or they make the other guys elevate their game. There's only, there's two options. Yeah. So I, I was very pleased with the wide receiver room today. Um, <clears throat> after hearing the defense just smoke the offense the last practice of camp, uh, the offense I thought dominated today. Um, especially that first, you know, the first eight or nine periods today was all, you know, a lot of team stuff. Um, and, I, and I thought especially as they got, they did some stuff from like the uh, – the opponent's 25, so red zone plus, I guess, is what they're calling that, those, those drives now. A um, lot of touchdown throws, a lot of – and this is going to be hard for you to understand, Dave, but there were a lot of times where a receiver was open and the quarterback had time and delivered a good pass to said open receiver. The, the trifecta. You there? I'm here. You all right? Yeah. Are you okay? I'm, Are you all right? I, what, <laughs> it took you a while to process that one. Yeah. The uh, you know, those are those are all good things. <laughs> um, that I mean, that's you know, that was I, the offense was definitely the main takeaway. Has uh, uh we, has Evan gotten any snaps with anybody other than the threes? Uh, for right now, no. That mostly yeah. him and 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 it's a split too. With him Between and him and Lindauer. Lindauer's thrown through a couple good balls today. Um, he doesn't have the athleticism. He's got, you know, he's much more of a – even though he's a good athlete, when you compare him to Evan, he's much more of a pocket guy that um, his arm is his strength. Sure. Uh, but I've, I've seen him throw some good balls. He had a nice touch uh, on one end of the end zone down the sideline that was dropped but should have been – like should have been dropped in for one of those – you know, perfect little go route touchdowns from about 35 yards. Um, but no, it's, it's been mostly Des and, and Ben working with the ones and twos. They rotate. So, you know, Ben will take a series with the one, Des with the twos. Then the next time Des will be with the ones and Ben with the twos. Um, so they mix it up a decent amount. But um, no, I, I, I thought both of those guys, Ben, I think had, one or two throws that he probably, you know, that hit where his arm gets him in more trouble than it should. Uh, right. Cause he thinks he can fit it into a spot that he can't, but realistically I thought both of those guys had a very good day. Um, and you can bet like last, from what I heard last week was more, much more walkthrough, uh, no helmets, no shoulder pads. Um, just kind of decompressing after a week of camp, I guess you could say with a month before the next game yeah like there it's, wasn't it's, uh, like we said for six months it's it's all new you're not gonna go to higher ground and then all of a sudden like take a week off right. and go right back into full-on game prep camp type game prep type practice there's got to be right some level of <laughs> break so to speak but i mean they're definitely getting like more mental reps, more like walkthrough type stuff like that than they've ever gotten. And for a veteran team, 
I think that's. I think veteran teams are just going to have such a huge advantage this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, well, getting getting even more time to to fine tune things with a bunch of guys that already know what they're doing. It should uh, benefit them greatly. Well, we're we're seeing something that we haven't experienced at UC football in a long time. The ability to get old and stay old, which is what happens when there's coaching continuity. Yeah. Because when a new coach comes in, a roster turns over. Even, you know, it happened while Fickle and those and, and Freeman and those guys did a good job maintaining um, and, and getting the most out of the guys that were left behind. We still have been talking about very small senior classes the past two years. And now you've got a really large senior class. Next year, hell, you might have 40 seniors. Who knows? <laughs> with the way that the next year might play out, God, I mean, I, I was talking with Justin Williams about this today. What's to say a guy like Jordan Jones doesn't co- take advantage of coming back? Well, that's, I mean, that's something that I've thought about, like you and I kind of going over pre-podcast one episode and then kind of going through it and being and kind of putting guys in categories as you know like pretty much sure they're not coming back you know maybe come back you know stuff like that and kind of seeing how it actually might shake out I think there's a lot for us to talk about right now um, getting ready for the season to start but it's definitely something worth kind of actually digging into and, and breaking down. And, and they're all guesses, of course, but you can still have right. somewhat of educated guesses at the same time. Because I think the um, initial reaction of a lot of people is like, oh, what? they're going to have 20 seniors come back. And it's like, no. no. I mean, I'm not saying that's you see. I think that's just kind of the general fan reaction around the country. You know, here's like, an interesting one. Darius Harper. Well, I mean, he's – from my standpoint, he's not getting drafted after this year unless he's just incredible. And, and he would probably have a chance to play left tackle next year. He's only played two seasons – he'll have only played two seasons of college football, even though he's older. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just – I, I think we're only going to see one season of James Hudson. Yeah, that's – I would be stunned. I think there's a lot of people that feel that way. I mean, if, he has, I think, a really, if he has a really good year, he's a, he's a top – I mean, I'll say – saying this in August uh, or September, he's like a top four-round draft pick. Yeah, he's athletic. I mean, he had a play today. They ran a screen. Just um, – Outside. Watch, the Boston, watch yeah. the Boston College game again. Like, it's totally different. They ran a screen from the 45, the, their 45-yard line to Dokes. And by the, by the time Dokes got it out, bounced it out, turned it up the sideline, Hudson was at the 10-yard line blocking downfield. And it was funny yeah. because, like, two plays later, they did something similar, and Cooper was the guy downfield blocking. And I will say confidently, uh, Coop is not as athletic getting down the field as James Hudson. 
I don't, and I don't think that Jeremy would take that as a uh, slight. He, no, <laughs> no. I mean, it was it was one of those like you had to like kind of because James was uh, was messing with the safety that was down there. He's kind of the play was dead, and James is kind of jumping up and down about how far down the field he was blocking, and you had to look and go, did he? He got down. How did he get down there that fast? So I don't, I, you know, I think it would be an interesting decision because remember Harper lost a year. Right. Because of transferring sports. Um, so he was four to play four. He could take advantage of that and be a left tackle next year. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that could be uh, an interesting decision that he would have to make. Does he want to give it a shot and see if he can make it in the NFL as a six foot eight, 320 pound or whatever I've got they gave us they gave us laminated oh man Dave I mean you get preseason ranked for the first time ever and (laughs) Cobb goes all out listed at where's he at 58 yeah there he is sorry Listed at six seven three zero eight. That's NFL size. That's Andrew it's a Whitworth. Light. Yeah, it's a, li- 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 and, a little bigger. Not necessarily coming out though, because yeah, he had played true. a lot of go- he had played a lot of tackle, but he was lighter. Um, he was in that three ten three twenty range, which I mean, a guy like Harper could get to that in a weekend if they wanted yeah. him to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think there will be some very interesting conversations on that as we get to the end of this year. Yeah. But now you have a huge like, season. You have a huge season, and you, you have a bunch of guys that raise their stock. It changes the uh, it changes the discussion. But just just, just some things we were we were chatting about today uh, at practice. Um, and like I said, I thought Josh Wiley had an awesome day. Hopefully he was he showing. Stay, hopefully he can stay healthy because I mean it's not been for a lack of there being talent. Yeah, I mean, he was showing exactly what we we thought is that ability at, you know, 6'6 or whatever to stretch the field and use his athleticism and and uses his really good hands and kind of surprising toughness because, uh, you know, he's pretty. Um, I told him that today as he was leaving the field. Josh, you're still so pretty. He's, he's, al- <laughs> he's always talked like he's tough. <laughs> well that he'll fight you though i mean that's the thing about josh it, 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 it sneaks up on you but he'll fight you um but that's i think that's that's why you've you've seen john williams bounce outside to tackle is is i think they know they got to be ready for the potential of having to replace two tackles next year right and i think you're better off if you can redshirt john hopefully you get a four-year starter at tackle as opposed to, a, you know, forcing him in at guard where now that everybody's healthy, guard becomes a strength again. Because you got, you've got Mendiola, you've got Cooper, you've got Woodside, you've got uh, O'Quinn, um, and then you've got some of the younger guys coming up as well. So, uh, you know, Gavin Gerhardt and um, – Jonathan Allen, uh, Mendiola. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of options. So, knowing that, knowing that, 
they're not all going to hit just because that's the right. way that it goes. Well, and you know, it, I I had a brief minute to talk to to Crook today, and he, he definitely was excited about having uh, a full room of scholarship, <laughs> high level uh, yeah. offensive linemen, as opposed to walking in with three walk on uh, starters. Yeah. So it's a little bit different, a little bit different. So um, I think they're they're feeling a little bit better. Uh, about that group up front as they're, they're starting to get settled in. And uh, I think moving Allen outside is probably the, uh, the right move. Or not Allen, but, uh, but Williams. Williams. Jonathan Allen is, is back outside working at tackle as well, which that is a big, big boy. Oh, yeah. 6'5", 345. <laughs> they, don't, they don't call him Little John for nothing. No. As a big boy. Any any other questions you've got for me from practice today? I don't think so. I think we, we hit <laughs> hit on some good, solid, actual football, you know, for the first roughly 30 minutes. So, very good. It's, it's, yeah, I got to be out in an hour today because I got to finish watching a stupid Reds game. Are you, are you on the radio tomorrow or something? Is that why you have to watch? Yeah. I am. Sorry. I, I guess. I guess could Lance just, could just talk about the Bengals the whole time, and you see. I'm going to do a lot of Bengals. I'm going to do quite a bit of UC. Um, I think I'm going to talk a lot tomorrow about about what happens if this team gets it figured out on offense. Yeah. What happens if they're even even as good, just as good as 2018? Because this defense ain't nowhere close to what 2018. No, they they have improved leaps and bounds from 2018. If this offense is back to what 2018 offense was, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's uh, you want to transition to a little AAC news. There's definitely been some since the last time we talked. Uh, the floor is yours. You are much more uh, in uh, tune the, with that than I. The po- I guess preseason poll came out. UC was uh, picked second behind UCF. I don't really have much of an issue with that. I mean, UCF got three more total points, got three more first-place votes. Yeah, it was ten first-place votes to seven. Basically, whoever voted UCF first voted UC second and vice versa. Some ECU knob voted Navy first. So, good job, buddy. Um. And then I guess the biggest news conference-wise is so far is clearly Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis opting out uh, for COVID reasons, has had several family members unfortunately pass away. But from just a football standpoint, they can sugarcoat all they want. That's a massive, massive loss. I mean, he's a 2,000-yard all-purpose player he's a first team all-american there's very a very real chance he's the best player in the league oh i don't think there's really any debating it who's offensively who's better um i guess you could make an argument for one of the quarterbacks that have been around for buchel or i mean but i if i'm picking if i'm if i've got first pick in an aac draft i'm taking game off and it's 
offensively, at least you're right. It's not very close. So that's, I mean, that's massive. I'm sure they have very capable backups, but not to his level. Right. So, you know, that was their whole big thing was, yes, Mike Norvell left, but Ryan Silverfield has been there. Uh, but they do have a new play caller this year since Norville called the plays, and they were bringing back their quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Well, now they're not bringing back their running back. So how does that affect things? And then we saw yesterday UCF had 10 guys opt out, which seems like a huge number. It is a huge number, but from just a purely – It's a big number for depth, especially. It, it, even, even that, it's not as big as – I mean – there were two starters on defense, a starting corner and the, de- the defensive tackle. The one, the one that makes me kind of throw up, you know, some, some ears a little bit is Darrell Mack, their the backup, backup quarterback. quarterback opting out. So that means who's behind Dylan Gabriel because it sure ain't Mackenzie Milton. And I wish the guy the very best, but he can be going through all of the great rehab work and on-field work he wants to. He still hasn't taken a live snap. He still hasn't been hit. And we frankly don't even know if he's cleared to do either of those things. Right. So I have no clue who their backup quarterback would be. Uh, Three other guys were like backups on the two deep and then five guys I, I couldn't really find anything on. So, yeah, I mean, def- anytime you lose 10 guys just all right, right out of the chute, it's going to make – it's going to have an effect. But it wasn't like, you know, it was littered with starters and, um, you know, impact players. The problem becomes in this weird year, like, how many more injuries are we going to see? Like, without, you know, kind of looking at it from an NFL standpoint, without preseason games, are we now looking at, like, the first four – regular season games kind of being like preseason games. So are we looking at some of these beginning college football games as unfortunately opportunities for for floppy play and injuries? So if you do start getting some injuries in a specific position, because I think the majority of their guys were defensive linemen and offensive linemen, where you could then have a real depth issue because you've lost all those guys. And then if you get like some goofy COVID thing hit one of these rooms you might not have any guys did you see the and i didn't get a chance to go all the way through it did you see the pack or the 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 big 12 um the the stuff about how they will handle uh whether there's cancellations or like postponements or not i saw a deal on it but i didn't actually read it and i actually was going to mention this somewhere tonight because uh, I think Eric on the board posted this story from Black and Gold um, Banneret, which is the SB Nation UCF site. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. People can go to the board and, and read it. But it kind of, Oresco made some comments um, regarding testing. Mm-hmm. I'll read this little snippet. We're doing PCR testing twice a week. And then we're looking at an antigen test at the end of the week, and it will be a rolling process. There will be meetings early in the week. Obviously, Friday is a big day because then you analyze your PCR test from Wednesday slash Thursday testing. And then if you do antigen testing, you've had another indicator. 
further down in the article, it did kind of get into the whole, like, what would have to happen to cancel a game. And I think he said he didn't give any concrete answers. Um, yeah, there's nothing in there that says, like, if this number of players on the entire roster or if this number of players in a specific position group. So it's a little bit ambiguous um, just from what I've seen him say so far this week. The, the Big 12 stuff, I th- if I recall correctly, it was – It was like half your roster, like 53 well, 53, guys. It was the NFL number. Yeah. 53. Um. And then there were certain like each each position group had a number. Which the NFL number is actually up from forty three yeah. this fifty three this year. Yeah. The practice squads are sixteen and you can lock like four guys in where other teams can't even sign them off your practice squad on a weekly right. week to week basis. So it'll be interesting to see what those uh numbers are for the AAC when they come out. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know. Way earlier in the summer, USF had at least five to ten guys opt out. Um, but other than that, I haven't really seen it a lot from or any from the conference. As far as we know, UC hasn't had any. Is that accurate? I, I do not know of any, and I, I mean. I was there today. I did not notice anybody that was not accounted for. So, like, nobody even, like, in contact tracing or possibly positive, like, you, from from your vantage point, you pretty much – I did not, I did not notice there. anybody missing. I, I noticed Curtis Brooks not uh, repping in, but he was there. Uh, I noticed Pitts not repping in, but he was there. Um, Blue Smith is, is still out with an injury. Uh, so, he wasn't there, but he's accounted for. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know of anybody that I did not, uh, see. Okay, or if, good. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I've kind of been, cause I'm not sure no one's really said how this works because I kind of track the daily city of Cincinnati, uh, database that they put out. Mm-hmm. So I would assume if a, if a student at UC since it's in the city of Cincinnati, test positive, then that would count towards the city's daily number. Yeah, it's, right? it's I mean, in the city, yeah. So they really haven't seen a big spike yet. It, I mean, it would it be was, in the news. If there was a spike, look, the way that those spikes are all oh, over the right. place. I mean, my, Miami is talking about everyone. Shut it down. Which, it's very weird. Like, they've talked about not bringing kids back to campus but yet they have 500 and something positives. I'm like, who are these people that are positive? Am I missing something about who's <laughs> right. actually on campus? But yeah, I mean, the, the city's numbers were down in the like teens and twenties. And then the other day it jumped to 50, but then now it's been back down into the, in the thirties. So it's not really anything out. Of, you would think if there was some big thing, like you said, you'd hear about it or that number would all of a sudden go to like 300. Correct. Because I'm assuming that, you that can't test happened. positive at UC and that number not get counted to the Hamilton unless County gets, or City of Cincinnati. Unless it gets counted to back wherever you're from. I, I don't know how all that shit works. No, I don't know why that. I mean, Sorry, Dan. That should, I don't that, either. I'm just yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, if you think, I mean, you think everybody was there and these numbers don't seem anything crazy. I mean, we just, you know, I guess cross your fingers and because yes, we know based on how this is going on that unfortunately there are probably multiple people excited to report stuff like University of Cincinnati has coronavirus outbreak, 9,000 students test positive, as, as terrible as that sounds. That seems to be the, the soup du jour, so to speak, of how things are going these days. I don't think anybody takes joy in reporting that stuff, Dave, but um, that's, that's neither here nor there. It's for a different podcast. Three to disagree. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, things seem to be in pretty good shape things seem to be i mean in it i think a lot of it goes back to the leadership of your locker room man and, and this this appears to be a program right now where the brotherhood and i know that is a one of the biggest cliches that people hate but it's you know why people hate it it's because it's often a lie right like right. it's often not true we're, we're, we're all in how many, how many catchphrases can we have to, to yeah. tell you how much we love each other? Well, you know what impresses? They don't have any. They just are. Right. Right? Well, like that's... I mean, how many months was it back when we actually first talked about this? Like, if there's a season, the team that is the most – we were joking that Under Armour should bring back their all-in slogan because it's like legitimately the team that's the most all-in will probably have the most successful season. I mean, I think this weekend is a big, a, a big hurdle. Well, I know how you fix that. You just have practice all day, every day. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it's Labor Day weekend. You're, you're going to practice, I believe, on Friday. I don't know if they'll be back on Monday or not. Um, I'm sure they have to be back on Monday to check in. Like, they always have to do that, like, the day before they get back from the holiday. Yeah, I don't know if they're being dismissed for the week. I don't know how exactly. Right. Um, I just but like, like, this like we said is, though. I mean, this you, weekend is you, the with test. this group, with what's in front of them, with Coach Fickle. Well, and, and being and, being public with the fact that I usually don't talk about this type of stuff before the season, but I did this year, like talking about what the possibilities are. I just don't see. All well, of a sudden, a bunch of dudes being like, screw it, it's Labor Day weekend. Like, let's go party. Here's the thing that's interesting about all this. Um, and this has been written a couple places, and uh, I, I haven't talked specifically about it here. Uh, positive test is, is 10 days. You're out. Yeah, contact tracing is 14. 14 days. Which, explain that one to me. Um, it's because the, the virus takes 14 days up to 14 days to incubate. So you have to wait out the 14 days to make sure that, that you don't end up positive. If you have the virus, you can pass two tests after 10 days and you've gone, you know, you've gone right. through I, the cycle. I, mean, I, I get it. But... And then, and then there's three days of the heart testing, uh, yeah. that you have to go through. So, are you really with this group going to be the freshman that goes out, does something stupid and then comes back and infects one of the seniors and potentially causes them to miss the first game of their senior year? Well, it's not even, you don't even have to infect them. Well, yeah, you just have to be around them. That'd be like some freshman DB 
getting positive and then being in the meeting room with Wig and Wig is out the first two games. Yeah. Or the last two games. So I think that's where, like... And I'm sure that these these standards and everything have been explained ad nauseum. Correct. You, hope, you just hope that it uh, doesn't fall on an 18-year-old's deaf ears. Very much true. Very much true. So, um, I mean, I think that's that's where we're at. I mean, there's... FBS, I'm I'm still I <laughs> the first play of the Austin P Central Arkansas game being a seventy five yard touchdown could not have possibly been any more perfect for what has been twenty twenty with sports. <laughs> Legitimately, I was so hyped. I was like, this is incredible. And then the game becomes wasn't very good and I stopped watching. But, I mean, for the first play of the season to be a house call, you can't write this stuff. Like, I just think if we're able to play and get through the season, we're going to see just so much wild stuff that we have never seen before. I mean, probably not wrong. Probably not wrong. There's two FBS games tomorrow. Three, I think three AAC teams play on Saturday. So it's like, guess what? We're, we're, we're here. Yeah. We, we have arrived. Yeah, that, we that, probably that. won't do our season predictions until the week of the Austin P game, since I don't know if we'll have a whole lot to break down for that one. So we'll have, we'll have some time to fill. Yeah. And that's still two weeks away, so who the hell knows what might happen between now and then. It's a long way between now and and opening. That is a long time. But, I mean, I don't know. Speaking of, there will be a watch party, Holy Grail. Oh, yes, I saw that. Uh, There's pretty much going to be a watch party for every game. Um, Even if there's a limited number of fans in the stands, uh, I think this is going to be a year where everybody is probably going to be watching games from afar. And why not watch them at the Holy Grail? Uh, I am hopefully going to be at the game. Hopefully. Yeah, I would, uh, I would hope that the powers that be would think it would be beneficial to have the people that cover their teams actually attend the games to cover their team. I know that they would, they, they want to. I, I know they're not, I, they are not trying to, uh, to keep us out. So uh, don't worry about that. But um, until we get official word, you know, right. it is what it is. Uh, but I, I hopefully will be at the game. Um, I'm not sure what the case is going to be for away games. Uh, I would like to come out and play. I don't. I don't know if I'm allowed. We haven't. We haven't run that by the oncologist yet. <laughs> well, so. I certainly. I certainly won't be there. For anybody that is new to the, to the podcast or to the whole watch party scene, I don't believe I have uh, witnessed a win. Well, you've only been to party. one, right? Well, yeah, and they lost. So yeah. Um, but I just I have a thing about watching games in public. It is it has not been positive uh, for the Bearcats when I do that. So I <laughs> happily refrain. I'll be watching uh, the first game 
from northern from uh, a dockside on a lake in northern Michigan. So that sounds delightful. Yes. Oh. Um, yes. I don't really have any more football stuff. Do you? I don't think so. I mean, no. I mean, hit practice. Hit a little bit of AAC news. There's some games this weekend. Did you uh, make it over to the basketball board to to read my basketball notes? No, I have not. Did you post them today? Last night. Oh no. Would you like to fill me in? No, I just some some. Not, some tidbits from the goings on. I mean, you can you can read them on the basketball board. I just didn't know if you you had any questions. What, what what do we think after you and I basically threw buckets and buckets of cold water on the idea of a basketball bubble that the NCAA is now trying to trademark back in the bubble or whatever their slogan is going trying to be for basketball? Like, is this thing actually going to happen, or are we still? I, I I I I don't know how. Maybe it I mean maybe they figure out a way to pull it off. I Maybe that's why they just furloughed everyone that works for the NCAA. <laughs> Sorry, we need your money to, to have this uh bubble. Yeah. Yeah. 600 people. Like how many people do they have working for them if they furloughed 600? 600. Oh, they furloughed just furloughed everybody? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I guess LSU's not getting any letters from from infractions anytime soon. Uh, you better hope you, your people got their waivers. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> like uh, what the Oliver Saar kid from Kentucky has not received his waiver, and it's going to be another three to eight weeks now before he finds out. Did they go alphabetical like he didn't get it because his last name starts with an S? I, I I have no idea. I, I know they usually go by like date submitted. Um, when has it been like a long time ago? Yeah, I think so. He announced, didn't he announce he was transferring like in the spring? Yep. 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 Uh, what a shame. Hate I hate to see that. But all right. Well, I don't. I don't. I think I'm good. I don't think I have anything left. If you don't want to talk any basketball. I mean, I will. I just don't know what. I didn't read the thread yet. I mean, I, I said what I had to say in the thread. Do, uh, okay. Do, there seems to be some confusion on this whole, like, maybe starting the week of Thanksgiving, but they don't know if it's conference games or non-conference games. Do we have any idea what this season might look like? Sounds like there's some prom- – I, I think the tweet I read was prominent high major coaches, which you may as well have just said Mike Krzyzewski want to have conference-only seasons? Because for those that don't know, Coach K uh, is not bashful with telling the NCAA how to do things. Oh, well, he doesn't, he doesn't suggest no, what, that's what they I said. do. He, he tells, he them, tells what them what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's going to start the 25th. Or somewhere right around that. November but I mean, 25th. as in like regular game, like out of conference games. games I think or? there's, I think they're going to try to squeeze in a month of non-conference games. If between like between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they're going to try to squeeze in as many conference non-conference games as they can. So would that? I have no idea. 
Yeah, I was just wondering, like, <laughs> does that mean I have, I have no idea. pushing the games that were supposed to be before that into that no, window? Nobody, or, nobody knows. Yeah, I'm just I, like thinking out loud, like, or you only just play on conference games that you had already scheduled in that window. I guess there's still talk about maybe some um, some non-conference events or like some bubbles happening with like regional non-conference games. I, I None of it makes much sense to me right now. Yeah, it's the same stuff we talked about. Like, use the the deal you see is in. Okay, yeah, that's a four-team bubble, but, like, you're bringing four teams in from different parts in the country. How long do you have to bring them in ahead of time before they can Well, no, actually... no, 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 no. We're, not, we're talking 15, 20 team events. Oh, you're talking that. I thought you were talking, like, these exempt tournaments. No, 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 no. No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I, I've talked to multiple high major coaches around the country and none of them seem to have any even remote understanding of how it's gonna, how it's gonna play out. I mean, why would they? They've only had since March, whatever. Well, but they, they how would they know? They're oh, not I know. I'm not saying the coaches. I'm saying the people that would actually make <laughs> the decisions. Yeah. The coaches know almost as much as you and I. And that's from multiple high major coaches. Yeah. I mean, they're – it's kind of the, you know, similar to the attitude that we've seen with – Coach Fickle in football is we're going to continue doing what we're going to do as right. if there's a game until someone tells us there's not a game. Right. There's no sense in reading stuff, thinking about stuff that you have no control over. So you act as if there's a game so that you're ready when the first game comes. And if it doesn't come, then so be it. You're ready for whenever the game does come. Right. Which if so. you're the big 10 could be, um, 16 different dates, apparently. They seem to really have their stuff in order. Yeah, I mean, they're, uh, apparently they are, they are uh, at the one-yard line. We're just not sure which. Which one? I mean, which, which one? Hey, are they one yard from scoring a touchdown, or are they 99 yards from scoring a touchdown? But health, but the health and safety is the most important thing. Of course. Yeah. And, and a heart condition that apparently is too bad to play at the end of September, but okay to play at the end of November. Possibly. That's you. That's all you. I'm not. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just kind of. I, yeah, it's all you. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even going anywhere near there. Just kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> Why not? It's funny. That's all you. <laughs> we don't have any Big Ten people that we have to carry their water for. I know. I'm just I'm I'm my name's Bennett and I ain't in it. <laughs> that's that's what I can go with there. But all right. I've gotta to pretend to watch the last three innings of this Reds game so I can talk about it tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, you have fun with that. 
I mean, we got we got content coming out the ears right now. Well, yeah, it's almost it's almost football season. I mean, it is um, football season. We, we we did not touch on the midnight pounce. Anything you wanted to touch on 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 that event? Uh, only thing I want to know is when's this locker room getting done? I believe it starts at the end of this season. The Which re- would have been done if not for COVID. No, I think the plan was always at the oh, end it always of. Was? At, okay, wait, I thought it was. This, I thought it was after last season. Uh, no, because that would have already started. We I mean, COVID didn't really happen until the the middle of yeah, March. Yeah, March. So if they were going to start in December, they would have started in December. No, I, I think it starts when uh, this coming season concludes. Seems like it might have a similar uh, look and feel to fifth thirds upgrade. Uh, I hope not, because those locker rooms are not good. No, no, I just mean the like the look of the whole, the way that they yeah, redid I mean, the whole make... arena, not the way the locker room is specifically. But yeah, it would make sense if you know you keep with the theme. I would think you you you, you want some symmetry around campus. Yes, but no, um, it was a, it was a nice little uh, hidden hidden surprise in there. They call those Easter eggs in Easter? today's world, Dave. What, what's that? Like uh, putting those pictures there. The oh, little, okay. like they, they call them Easter eggs. Okay. Because they're, you know, they're little hidden hidden treasures. Although they weren't really hidden all that no. well. And, no, I mean, they're, uh, they're flipping like four by four storyboard size. <laughs> they don't miss a beat though, do they, man? No, but I mean, yeah, I mean, 800 or whatever kids that they contacted and 500 or something spe- specialty graphics and yeah, I mean, you're not, not trying to, not trying to slow down anytime soon. Uh, no, and it just, I don't, I don't know, I guess the, 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 the part that gets me is is what where do they like what do they skimp on where do they where are the, where are their flaws in recruiting because I didn't see anybody else in the country do what they did even close um yeah I mean we saw your kind of general right graphics and everything but I don't you know on the Bearcat Journal Twitter page I've I follow a lot of a lot of accounts, not so much like other schools and stuff, but I didn't see like any retweets of like look at this sweet video that so and so. Look at this personalized graphic. Um I mean I saw that I saw that kind of stuff, but like they did a lot of videos, you know, a video about Cincinnati guys, a video getting testimonials from guys like all over the world. Um you know, a lot of a lot of stuff like that that was made specifically to come out uh on that day so i guess that's what you do when you can't host guys and and set up camps and yeah you just start generating hundreds of uh graphics and make and doing videos and stuff no doubt so i'm sure the the commits will start rolling in any time right no No, that's that's not how this works, but it, it was the it was step one in the process. So, all right, well that'll do it. Thanks to uh, 
the Holy Grail, as always. Everybody, plan your day. Hey, Holy Grail, big shout out. Keep fighting the good fight. You're getting screwed. Exactly. We will, uh, we will see you next time. Make your plans. Holy Grail as the Bearcats take on Austin P. September 19th, noon kickoff. And uh, we'll be back next week with who knows what will happen by next oh, week. Oh, before we go real quick. Did oh, come the, on. The AAC put out that big list of games with times. Uh-huh. And, did you notice anything about that list? I I did not I did not break down the list. No, you see, it was only on it once. I think we're going to be getting a whole lot of uh, regular ESPN action this year. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're a top ten team in the country, right? Fifteen. We'll get. We'll be top ten by third or fourth week. All right, that wraps it up. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail. BCJ podcast on bearcatjournal.com.